You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the Connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today. We are back. We took a little break. Now we're back on this in the saddle here. Hope you all enjoyed the summer. We had our uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen series. We had our Superwoman series. And now we're in what I like to call Vice City. And, you know, it's kind of a play on words. I'm sorry. Pardon my manners. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, welcome. Welcome. As the intro said, this is all things fine and gentry. We get an opportunity to kind of get together and join and talk about the finer things in life. And if you're a returning listener of the connoisseurs, welcome back. Glad that you all are tuning in. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, connect this with all of those in your social circle and those that are are outside of your social circle as well. If you tag us on social, we'll make sure that we do uh, repost you and go from there. All right. Formalities out the way. We're back in in the saddle for the Vice City uh, series. And people are like, man, Vice City. Of course, the first thing that people thought about was uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, other people saying, are you going to talk about Miami the whole time? No, no, no. Matter of fact, I was just looking at some flights and stuff to Miami. But my guest reminded me that the Rona is real in Miami and I need to be very careful out there. So but Vice City, what, what is this about? It is about an opportunity for us to really look at the, the, the habits, the indulgences, the uh, things that people really like to kind of get into that may have a bad rap or people just may have a bad uh, a misunderstanding of what it's about. And we're taking an opportunity to kind of dive in and understand the the finer things about it, the connoisseurisms about those things. And we go from there. So today uh, we're going to talk about sports. And I know there might be some ladies that are listening that already rolled their eyes and have decided to fast forward to the end and just say that you all listen. But no, like real talk, we're going to talk about it and no better person. Uh, to talk about it, then my friend Kyle uh, Yadel, welcome back. We call him Scoop, but uh, he's been on the podcast before. But Kyle, welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me, French, as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason I, I, I hit him up is because as those who listened to him before, we talked about legacy living. It was almost a year ago that we had him on the podcast, and this was after Chadwick Bozeman's uh, passing. Uh, and, and Coach Thompson from Georgetown and others. And we just talked about what it meant to build a legacy. But those that listen in on there, uh, you can hear the passion in his voice about sports and, and what that means. And I want to kind of dive into it today to talk about um, the the affinity, the uh, desire, the appreciation of sports and what it really means. But for those that may not have listened to that episode, maybe you tuned in in, in our in this year and had not gone all the way back yet. We'll give uh, Scoop an opportunity to kind of just introduce himself again. It's kind of where are you from, what you do now, and then uh, we'll kind of dig into it. So tell us about yourself a little bit, sir. Um, well, uh, as I said, my name is Kyle Yeldale. I'm, um, everybody uh, pretty much calls me Scoop since high school. Uh, I'm from Washington, D.C., I uh, went to college in Atlanta, came back, got my master's degree in D.C., and been here ever since 2009. Um, I, my background has been in sports. I used to cover high school basketball. Um, when I was in high school, uh, I had a website called prephoops.com. Kind of carried that over, uh, love of sports and um, and communication throughout my career, uh, whether it be formally or informally. Uh, one of those two things, whether it be communications or sports. Uh, but I've been... An athletic director at a high school in D.C. and 
work with AAU basketball programs, done basketball tournaments and uh, all-star games, help to organize them. Uh, currently, I, I don't work in, in, in sports at all at the moment, um, but I'm still very much involved with sports on the local youth level here in D.C., various spaces. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, – did I miss out on anything besides being a proud Morehouse man? <laughs> hey, as, as, as are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I kind of talked about the, the Miami thing in the beginning. Uh, for those that that uh, that know, Morehouse canceled their homecoming this year, and uh, it kind of sent some of us into a scramble. And, and most said they weren't going anyway, just because uh, this thing out here is kind of kind of silly. But um, it'd be another opportunity for all the people to get together, all the fellas to get together and see each other and go from there. So it's not that bad. So you, you talked about what you did in high school. Kind of, how did you get involved in sports? Like, how did you know that this was your your passion, your love, your 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 vice. Um, <clears throat> I grew up in a sports like my family loves basketball. Mm. Uh, my aunt Kathy knows more about basketball than most of the males I know, <laughs> um, and that's that she's a like the rest of her siblings are like are the same. Nice, um, you know. So I just grew up around basketball. I, I helped learn how to read more through magazines, wow. like basketball magazines, and um. When we talk about John Thompson, like my affinity for Georgetown basketball uh, stems from that. Like I vividly remember my grandmother's um, table. She had a table in her living room and Georgetown programs were under it, mm-hmm. along with like Ebony magazine. Yeah. So I, I would read everything Georgetown related. And my uncle had Street Smith uh, college basketball magazines in his room. They had kept since he was younger. Um, and I just read through all of them. Um, so I've, I've always, always loved the game of basketball. When I started high school, I I started following high school basketball summer of '95. Okay. When I really like on my own, but I really looked at high school basketball. Uh, I because my uncle Street Smith magazines. If you're not familiar, keep listening. Street Smith magazine was a college basketball preview magazine, but in the back of it they had a high school section. Hmm. So they would do like the top, the first to fourth team, all American. They would list the players. They would have bios on each of the players, and then they would rank. They would either rank the players like one to one hundred, um, but they would rank the teams, the high school teams, yeah. preseason and top twenty-five teams in the country. But they would also do all metro teams for like fifty different areas, so you could see like who would be preseason all Philadelphia, right. all Phoenix, right. all you know Seattle. Um, and I would just read through all of them and see all the schools they went to, and um, and so I, I in 90, summer ninety-five, I remember getting the book. Uh, the recruiting handbook and in the back of it they had a similar thing breakdown and that was for the incoming class of, of 1996 and that class had uh, Tim Thomas and, and the team Cleese went to Michigan stage he and Holloway and a guy named Kobe Bryant <laughs> and and so I like knew all about them and I felt so uh, I could write a book on the 95-96 college basketball season uh Number one pick in the draft at the end of that year was Al Iverson in Georgetown. So yeah. it's like, you know, it, it that was kind of started me knowing college and, and knowing high school basketball in addition to college. And so when I got to high school, um, I was looking up more high school basketball. There was an opening to right. And my high school, I uh, went to St. John's College High School in D.C. And our league um, was always known for basketball. And so... I figured, hey, I'm, I'm in high school. I'm going to the games anyway. I might as well write about them because yeah. I want to see these players. And that's what started it. Uh, 
I was 13. <laughs> That's um, dope. That's dope. The advent of the internet before Google. Right? <laughs> we were using Alta Vista. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I use Alta Vista for search. Um, uh, so yeah, that, that's when it started, and, I, and, I, and that was 1997. Wow. So 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 did you did you play, or you always have have had the the opportunity to kind of observe and, and learn the the science behind a lot of it? I played a lot of basketball growing up, but I was I was more of like play basketball like outside. Yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't play formal basketball until I think my ninth grade year. I did. I played jelly. Uh, they had a, they had a fall league, um, but I was always really short when I was growing up. So. Mm. I started high school, I was five two. Ah. So I uh, just uh especially how competitive my, my league was, uh, I got really nervous and I got <laughs> cut from freshman basketball team. Um and it was just like after that, um I just loved always loved a game of basketball. I wasn't it, it um that never subsided from playing the game. It's just I knew where my interests really lied when it came to the sport. Um you know, playing with my friends and, and writing about it and going to games. So that that I hit that stride really early in my life so you, you kind of took it with you right and so you know after you went to morehouse and you you know came back to dc and pursued a master's you know kind of in the study what 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 were you uh kind of feeling or thinking in regards to hey uh you know pursuing even more higher education kind of in, in sports journalism and, and things along those lines well so actually when i got my master's um my whole thought process around sports has changed in the career I wanted to go, mm-hmm. having I wanted to go. Um, I actually didn't want to write. Um, I didn't want to write and cover sports from a journalistic perspective, probably since uh, in college. Okay. Like I did certain things in college to keep it up, but I knew I didn't want to. I didn't want to write for my career while I was in school. Um, it was just something I kind of enjoyed, yeah. and. Um, I think that it connected me, but when I was in, when I was going, I graduated high school, my first job ever was being a basketball camp counselor at Hine Recreation Center in Southeast DC. Mm. And I was there for three summers and coaching, um, and just a position to a lot of the guys that I had known when they were like really young, progressing. By the time when I started high school, I was covering guys that were older yeah, and maybe my age. But by the time I got to college, I was covering guys that were younger than me and seeing them progress. And I realized I would be more interested in helping guys progress. That's good. Maybe using my, you know, communication background, really my thought process on business to help progress. Because it would be times when uh, the thing about journalism that always messed with me was that you would always kind of have to have the story before someone else. Story. I just didn't want to tell nobody. Mm hmm. You know, so I don't understand. I never to this day. I don't understand. I don't understand that unless that person allows me or tells me, like I'm giving you the inside scoop. No pun intended. But <laughs> if if I found out about something, I wouldn't be able to write an article about it without you know being able to say, hey, you know, I'm about to write about you tomorrow. Mm. You know, and and that part of journalism is like that's that's what makes a great journalist. Like they care about the story more than the subject. I'm not that person. Mm. That alone is a, is a character thing I cannot do. I just. I knew a lot of stuff that people would tell me kind of quietly and I, and I would be like, oh, okay, cool. I just knew it, but I wouldn't write about it. And I knew at some point that'd be a conflict of interest. That's good. I started to care more about the people that I was covering than the story itself. That's and good. Um, so I, I wanted to make a shift and I changed my major in undergrad. I went from English to business to marketing 
and um, so, excuse me, what I graduated with. And then when I got to grad school, it was uh, um, my focus was on business marketing and operation. Yeah. So uh, I I was actually interested in being <clears throat> excuse me a sports agent uh, when I started, and then quickly wanted to shift out of that when I started realizing um, I was initially trying to go to get my master's and then go to law school. Um, initially wanted to go to law school first and then the sports management program came up. But I learned my first semester in, 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 in the sports management program that there's no such thing as like sports law mm. from a industrial perspective, That's like good. industry perspective. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if I when I realized that, I was like, I don't want to endure three more years of law school when I'm only interested in one class, which is sports law. <laughs> I don't care about torts. I don't care about contracts. I mean, like, I care about contracts enough. Well, I did care about all that stuff till I realized that the collective bargaining agreement for most professional leagues, the standard contract is given to you. So you don't have to be an expert. It's given to you. Yeah. There's no... And you're not no, negotiating it to you either. You're not, you're, not, you're not negotiating your first contract. It is a slotted payment system. So right now, I can tell you, not I, but like, there's information you can call you can you can get information on uh the nba's number one pick what their salary is going to be in 2025 mm. that's that's it's a it's like a 3.7 percent increase every year based on what they got this year you can just do the math so if i know that i'm not negotiating anything you know yeah. um and you can't negotiate it that's that's part of collective bargain, bargain agreement this is what they're getting paid okay bet sign on dotted line i don't need to be a contract expert to do that i wouldn't need to go three years of law school to do that and then i learned that you can just have a postgraduate degree if you want to be agent that changed it's like oh well, i don't really want to go to law school then um but i learned about the sports agency and i was like i don't know if i really want to be a, a agent that way anyway i want to do some other stuff which, sports, so. which is interesting right i mean your your statement about hey you know my desire is about the relationship the players more mm -hmm. than the business side of it and do you feel that you Develop that by by coaching, right? As you started really doing this and working with first, like you said, folks around your age, but you know the the younger folks and how big basketball and sports in general is in the D.C. area, really on the East Coast. Like you know, what was it early on that you saw that pivot in your mind about why your love for sports was different per se than what others might view it as? Yeah, I think it's. When you look at most people that get into the sports agency game, um, you know, a lot of them are, they play sports themselves um, or they didn't at all. And they just want to like, you know, be in that industry. But for me, I had seen the business of sports since I was 14. Mm. Right. Like I had most kids that, like I said, if you're an agent, if you're trying to be, or you're in, in the sports business, quote unquote, that's where your career when you select that in your college internship, so post-college in your, your teen, late teens to early 20s or pivot in your 30s, right? Right. You're finally getting aware of like, oh, snap, uh, the underlying thing about sports. You're starting to understand that then. I knew that when I was 14. I had high school coaches calling me to say, hey, do you know the kid? We're trying to recruit a kid mm. to come to my high school mm. because we need a better point guard. Do you know any other eighth grade kids, ninth grade kids that we could get to come to our school to be, you know, so, you know, because our point guard isn't isn't up to par um, I, or colleges, you know, trying to get inroads to certain kids. I knew all that when I was in high school. I didn't experience that from a from a player perspective. This is my boy. I experienced that yeah. from like talking to coaches. I was having conversations with grown men about 
high school players and they're assessing their talent. I, I saw that really, really early. Um, so um, I think that that changed my whole context of, of things. And I didn't realize when I got older how how young I was, and how long I've been in this space. Mm. Um, I just turned 37 last week. So this is 23 years of my life. Yeah, dealing with it and working with it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. yeah, and knowing like how sports really works. Like having friends in high school get calls from Nike while they're <laughs> at lunch for Nike to say to them, Hey, you're playing in this big tournament at Madison Square Garden. We need you to wear these shoes. We're gonna mail them to you. Mm. You you most people might see and be like, Oh, dang, he got those nice shoes. They don't know the conversations behind that, you know, and I've seen all that since I was young, you know, so it's, it's a different insight to, to, to how that works. And, um, yeah, I, I wasn't so much more focused on the person than the business. I was more so focused on the person than the story. I, That's good. I, I That's still good. want to help in the business, but I don't, I, if, if God forbid, uh, one of my boys who grew up in Northeast made it to the NBA and he went, he was drunk driving one day. I couldn't write a story talking about him being right. a drunk driver. Like that's just, like, I'd more so be like, man, don't talk about that. Like, yeah, it happened. But, like, you know, I'd rather be do PR in that case than I would do be a journalist. I'm trying to hide the negative stuff about these guys because it's like they're people. Yeah. So I have a whole different perspective of even celebrities. Like, I don't think of a lot of these people as like, oh, man, such and such is this. I was just having a conversation with my uncle about that. We talked about some Hall of Fame uh, football player. Uh, he was talking about that, this guy, to one of his best friends. And the guy was like, man, F him. I saw him at a golf tournament. He, like snub me and it was like man i've been around so many guys that people expect to be on all the time that they're real they're human beings like i don't want to talk to people random people walk up to me ask me for something why because you watch me play basketball i mean it's not to be a, it's not to be a jerk like you want them to be gracious but you may catch them on the wrong day they might have had you know getting an argument with their girlfriend via text so they might have uh you know their, their son is sick at home and they out here at this celebrity golf tournament because they got paid to do it or they're doing a favor for somebody for some future business, and you come up on them with a certain like level of entitlement. I'm not saying how he did it, but just this happened. Like, so, so, so th know? this this is very interesting, right? Because you know, most people look at sports, and uh, well, it, it is entertainment, but it, but people don't realize that number one, it's a job for the people on the other side, right? You are a spectator in somebody's job, uh, and. It's interesting when you look at the the passion behind it. Most people that are sports fans, uh, I, I don't want to necessarily say that they are are fans for the for the wrong reason, but their their understanding and appreciation of the sport isn't as much as um, their desire to be entertained by it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. As a matter of fact, I have to explain to people: uh, I don't watch sports at all for entertainment. Mm. That's good. I have no it sports offers me no entertainment value. What it offers me is the ability to assess talent progression. That's good. That's good. Like I, I don't I don't go like um now no let me let me, let me backtrack it and make that uh specific. There are I have favorite teams, right? Yep. Obviously I mentioned Georgetown, my favorite college basketball team. Um, grew up a, a fan of the the Washington football team my whole life, right? And and um, most every other team in D.C. I root for. Um, Diehard wise, though, it's, it's it's the the Washington football team, and uh, I'm a, you know I, I root for the Nats, uh, but I'm a, I'm an Ohio State football fan, college football fan. 
Um, every team that I've, I've rooted for is the first team I ever watched play that specific sport. That's good. That's good. And I've been a fan ever since. So um, Ohio State was a random Saturday in 1993, <laughs> and I've been a fan ever since because I thought they were the underdog. Um, but I, if Ohio State is playing a game, or Georgetown's playing a game, and they lose, there is no entertainment value. Mm. It, I don't care if the game was a buzzer beater. If the buzzer beater went to the other team, the whole game sucked. <laughs> All I care about is my team winning. I, that's, I'm, I'm being, I can't no, be more transparent. No, that's Literally, good. like, if some people are like, oh, yeah, it was a great game. There is no great game if my team loses. Mm. That's all I – now, if I watch somebody else play, like, you know, it's, uh, you know, Alabama just played Miami, you know, then I might be watching that to say, oh, you know, that was a good game. But more than likely, I'm looking to see who's good. Why are they good? This guy could be better if he did this. I, I, I'm a natural scout That's when I watch sports. So it still doesn't have the, like, entertainment side as it does, like, I want to go to games to experience it, you know, but I'm, but I'm not going to be like, um, you know, well, I want my money back because it didn't give me no value. Like, no, sports by itself gives me value. So, so, so this so, is, this is very, very interesting. And I love that you went down this path is because I think when, again, it, when we talk about, you know, vices versus hobbies or indulgences and people that the appreciation of something versus just the, consumption of something right and so mm -hmm. when when you know as, as we're trying to you know as we will go down in the path in this in this uh in this series you know it isn't a vice when there's an a, a appreciation of it and you're, uh, you're looking at like you said the progression the growth the people behind it versus just the pure uh indulgence and consumption for consumption's sake is when it becomes a vice right and i think that you know oftentimes a lot of things that that we enjoy uh, have has the negative uh, implications when we are approaching it from a consumption based perspective, right? Right. And right. and I think that consumption becomes fanatical because that that dopamine that hits that says I want more of it, right? And that's when you get people that essentially, you know, Friday night they start watching, you know, start watching a, a high school football. Saturday all day college football and Sunday all day professional football is like, mm -hmm. all right, wh wh what are you doing it for? Right. Is it because you need that hit again? Right. That you're like, hey, I want some more. Or is it because you're looking at it from a perspective of saying, like you said, the progression, the people understanding the storylines behind these players and an appreciation of the skill that it takes to be able to achieve at these levels, whichever level it is, high school, football, you know, high school, college, professional, whatever. And that, that's a really big difference that distinction factor that, you know, people need to understand about instead of looping or lumping everybody into saying, oh, you just like sports or, or you just like football or you just like basketball, whatever. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I think um, it's it's. I think about that. You talking about like it being a vice. <clears throat> um, I liken it to kind of being like a alcoholic that works at Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> like for me, like it's like then I say not works at, but like he's like trying to figure out like the the ingredient. He's the one making the ingredient, yeah. and he also likes to drink on the side. Right. Like I I I watch sports is so much a part of my life that I don't I, I don't even think about it. That's good. Like I went to I went to the opening middle school football game yesterday for DC. Like middle school football because <laughs> I used to I used to recruit kids for for Dunbar when I was there. I still go to support and I still go to watch and I still tell the coaches, hey, 
this kid's good. You should talk to him. I, um, I'd call the Dunbar coaches and be like, oh, yeah, hey, man, number 74 from, from Jefferson. Hey, he's nice, man. You should go up there and check him out. They play this day. You know, I yeah, still talk good. to the coaches. I still, I love, like, I love sports. I just love, I mean, every sport, not necessarily, but, I, but, um, no, I love sports and then I love individual sports. I don't love every individual sport, but I love sports overall. Um, from the purest sense, whether it be from the just, just basic athletics, whether it be basic fitness, team building, but it's progression. Sports is one of the one things where you can see someone get better. That's good. You, you, you can't really tell, um, the way that, the way that I can't, I can't personally go in to a classroom every day and watch a kid read better mm. or he goes from arithmetic to algebra. Yeah. It's not, it's not something you can just be pay or come sit in a stadium and watch kids learn more. Yeah. Right. So, but sports, I can literally go in game one and see a quarterback throw three interceptions. And then in game three, they had three touchdowns yeah. and you can see the progression. That's, good. That's what sports is for me. Um, I love progress. It allows me to see the progress and, and, and your building character through sports. It's not just shorty can dunk, so you know I like him. <laughs> like that doesn't that doesn't do it for me. So so th- so this is interesting, right? Because yeah, as you talk, you spoke about your love of sports and you know how, how you you've become a connoisseur of it. You know, sports has a way, right, of of bringing people together or pushing them apart, right? And even I mean. Traditionally, I would say it used to be just at a um, professional level where, you know, it Raiders versus somebody or, you mm-hmm. know, Pittsburgh, you know, fans are a certain way, et cetera. But now it's gotten down to, you know, the middle school, high school level where the passions and the emotions have run so high that, you know, it, it's, it's become almost polarizing. Right. That either you are all in it or you're not um, over, over your years, several decades of you watching this. Where do you feel that the that the pivot happened right to where it has become so uh, polarizing, you know, especially youth sports that um, that that we've we've kind of taken the wrong turn in regards to the appreciation of athleticism and what sports are really about? Um, I would say that. I think it was 1998 was when the first hundred million dollar contracts at the NBA. Yeah. Um, I believe that was the year. I remember Alonzo Morning was one of the first and then Jawan Howard got one uh with the with the with the bullets, with the wizards. And um the money in sports. Mm. You know, you know, if you look back in the sixties and seventies, guys had summer jobs playing <laughs> professional sports. There's a story of um uh, Junior Bridgman played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he, uh, oh no, I wouldn't say Junior Bridgman because Junior Bridgman now um, owns like several franchises, like over like almost two hundred fr- like McDonald's franchises yeah, in yeah. the Milwaukee area. Um, but uh, Dave Bing, Dave Bing worked at a car dealership in the, in the summertime, hmm. uh, working with the with the Pistons, if I'm not mistaken. And when he retired, he be, he owned a car dealership, which made him a multi multi millionaire. He ended up being mayor of Detroit. But that was because he had a summer job. Like these guys weren't getting paid who cool amounts of money when TV deals, the greatest art, right, the greatest business deal in sports history. <laughs> there's there's one that people know more is Bobby Bonilla. I don't know if you've ever seen this on social media. Yeah. 
But do you know the story behind Bobby Bonilla Day? I've, I've I've heard it, but please tell tell the folks on the podcast. I gotta think of the year. The year it happened, but Bobby Bonilla was signing a deal with the Mets, and instead of signing like a massive, like say four year, thirty million dollar deal, he said, "No, I'll take a thirty year, thirty million dollar deal." <laughs> it was something elongated time, so they were like, "All right, cool, that saves us money." No, it doesn't. Time value of money. Right. <laughs> uh, he signed that deal, and he hasn't played in like 15 years. He's paid a million dollars every like July 1st for like another 10 years. You know what I'm saying? And and he was already paid. Bible Neal was was a huge star in Major League Baseball, so he already had money. But now he has like a guaranteed check, million dollar check, um, and has not swung a baseball in over a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, Secondly was, well, not secondly, the greatest deal ever is the St. Louis Spirits. Hmm. St. Louis Spirits team, they were in the ABA. The ABA, uh, the NBA bought the ABA, but they in their in their agreement, they bought out teams, you know, like yep. the Kentucky Colonels, Virginia Squires, but they brought four teams over. They brought, the, they brought the New York Nets, the San Antonio Spurs, the Indiana Pacers. I always forget the fourth team. Uh, they brought them into the NBA. But they, they paid everybody else out. Well, the St. Louis Spirits owner said, don't pay us. Like, they were going to pay him, like, three mil. They said, just pay us a mil, but give us a seventh of the rights of the four teams that you brought into the NBA, That's their good. TV rights. That's right? Good. But it was in perpetuity. There was no end date. <laughs> then they like, all right, it's the 70s. All right, cool. That ain't no big deal. One seventh. So, in total, you get, like, four se- Every team gets a percentage of TV rights. For them, they got four sevenths of one team. That mm-hmm. makes sense because they got one seventh of four teams. Yeah. So that's a little over fifty percent of a team of one team's TV rights deal. Then their team folded. You know, ABA is done. By two thousand and eight, they had made like three hundred and fifty million dollars <laughs> off of that deal. Haven't had a team since like seventy three <laughs> because they they knew incremental like TV is going to get bigger. And then it got so big that the NBA came to them and said, we have to buy. Can we buy you out of your contract? So they bought them out for like another $300 million. So they made like $700, $650, 700000000 million off of a deal they made in the 70s. They haven't even done anything with. That's good. That stuff is. Yeah. So. Um, um, so the money. Uh, yeah, is, is the what, money, man. Yeah. The money is the money is the reason that people have their sons. You know, mainly their sons, because you know, women unfortunately don't get paid as much money. The, the 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 draw isn't the same, so people aren't doing the same things to their daughters in sports as they are their sons when it comes to the money side. Um, I want my son. You know, people are trying to train their kids to be blue chip athletes for the sole purpose of like retiring, mm-hmm. based on their living vicariously through their children. Not like playing basketball because you like it. It's like, hey man, you got you trying to go to the league, right? <laughs> do you want to go to the league, or do I want you to you go, go to the league? league? So I got to work mm-hmm. no more. Mm. So everything is about trying to make it to the league versus trying to be the best basketball player, football player, baseball player. And that alone has made a huge change. And that's why things have become so toxic. And that's why you have these egos with people like my son is, you know, he's seven years old. He average, he gets three touchdowns a game. He going to the NFL. Seriously? <laughs> Do you know that? How big is your son going to be? This, you know, he might get injured. What's up with his grades? Right. You know, we we it's a lot. It's a lot that goes along with that. But I think ultimately it's it's the money. So 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 do you, do you the attention? You, yeah. So you, so you way see, more attention now than before. You, you see it, right? I mean, 
Oh shoot, you can even think about uh, what was it, Bishop? Oh, I can't remember the fake. Oh, Bishop Sigamore, <laughs> right? Bishop Sigamore. That everybody's like surprised. I laugh at it; it's hilarious. But like they've been doing that basketball for years. Yeah, they've been they've been make still make some high schools when we were in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, schools that had I think one school right now that had like sixteen students and fifteen and sixteen of them played on the basketball team. They so, created a school or attached themselves to a school so that they could have a basketball team. So, so where, where do you think this goes, right? Where do you think sports go? Do, do, do you feel that there's a, another inflection point or do you think that we're still going down a path that it, it will make sports even more polarizing and or uh, off-putting for the casual fan or for the wife that's watching her husband, you know, obsess over this thing or the girlfriend that's like forget it like where, where, where do you think this thing goes and 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 how do we get people to get back to just an appreciation of of sports uh and the entertainment value versus the dopamine value um i don't think that's ever going to change i mean i think that it is going to get worse because the consumption is higher mm-hmm. i mean when you were interested in the team you know when i wanted to watch the bullets play Watched HTS, but I didn't know anything about what they did once they got off that court. Right. You know, I didn't. Chris Webber didn't have an Instagram page back then. I didn't know. <laughs> Rod, I didn't know Rod Strickland was at the club every night, like people say that he was. You know, we didn't know that for real. You just heard stories about it, like and 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 that level of consumption is 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 only going to increase. Yeah. Unfortunately, like the social media has um has ruined a lot of our social fabric. That's good. Um, not intentionally. I don't think intentionally that was the case to begin with, but it's definitely the case now. I mean, you can read so many things about players now. And, you know, I look at ESPN and their obsession of LeBron. Um, and I'm a, I, I love LeBron, but ESPN does the most. They yeah. do too much. They impart LeBron, they include LeBron, LeBron in every single sports store if they could. You know, there'd be a baseball, you know, baseball game and a no-hitter. And instead of just posting a video of a no-hitter, they'll post LeBron's tweet about the no-hitter. <laughs> and it's like, what are you doing, man? Just, you know, Clayton Kershaw had a great game for the Dodgers. You know, like, like just talk about him. So I, I think that that level of consumption is something that the media has a huge part in. Um, do, do, do you feel do you feel that it makes it more difficult to enjoy sports? It makes it more difficult, more difficult for me as a purist in yeah. any ways to enjoy yeah. sports. It doesn't make it more difficult for others because um, people. Yeah, because these people don't a lot of people don't view it the same way that I do. Yeah. They're sitting here like, you know, I'm a fan of this team. I'm a fan of this person. And they don't know the difference between being a fan of a player and a fan of a team. Mm. And they'll try to mix the two. That's you know, good. if if you are if you were born a Wizards fan and then come 2009, 2010, you're an OKC fan, and then now you're a Nets fan, like you're a fan of Kevin Durant. And that's right. fine. But don't claim that you're rooting for the Nets to win. You're rooting for Kevin Durant's team to win. There's a difference. Mm. You know, um, you're not looking at you're more than likely not looking at what, what that team is, who that team is drafting, you know, uh, the free agency. If you are, you're looking at it from the context of how can well, I make this team going to help better? 
Kevin, exactly, versus mm. this team. Mm. You know, I, I Georgetown can have anybody coach it. As long as it's Georgetown University's basketball team, I'm going to root for them. Yeah. I don't care who the coach is. I don't care who plays for them. You know, uh, same with Ohio State. You know, if if well, it don't matter who plays for them, I'm going to root for them because they're Buckeyes. Like, it, that's the difference between being a fan of a team versus being a fan of, of like, a, a either a coach or a player. And just kind of knowing the difference. But I think that the entertainment value, like, People want to feel included. Mm. And most times they want to feel included with a team that's easy. <laughs> so they pick, they pick, they the pick the quote unquote good team, the winner teams, winner team. You know, and I've had conversations with friends. I'm very big, I'm very hard on fans. Someone tells me they're a fan of a team, I'm like, okay, and that team is not from where they're from. Why do you like that team? Yeah. You know, and I can tell you why I like Ohio State. Like I said, literally, I, it, God, I guess, wanted me to be Ohio State fan because I, <laughs> It could have been another college football game that I thought the same thing. I thought, like, oh, snap. Like, Florida's not – I never heard of, of uh, Florida State. I've heard of University of Florida. I'll root for Florida State, and they're good. Or, um, you know, I just happened at Ohio State end up being, you know, a really good program. But um, Arsenal, I'm a, I'm a, the first co- the first uh, soccer game I ever went to was an Arsenal game. That's they're good. playing horribly right now. <laughs> but I fan. went to the game. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a fan of the team. Like, you know, Obama Yang, like, I, I love Arsenal. I love Arsenal. Um, I just happened to my grad program, so we went to London. And I went to two Arsenal games. I've been a fan ever since. That's good. You know, and I'm always going to be a fan. You know, so it's just, I think it depends on how people view it. I think overall, uh, people will, this will never go away. Sports is, is interwoven in our society. It's interwoven in the world's society. Just our sports that we love are different than the rest of the world. Right. We're not, the rest of the world are soccer fans. And, and, and I think that this is a whole conversation about American exceptionalism. That's but good. I think the reason the reason why we're not fans of soccer the way that the rest of the world is is because we're not exceptional at it. We like oh 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 no nah, no nah, forget that sport. But 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 really, would you forget that sport if we were producing the best people in the world? Oh oh, no. we, we we watch it when it's on the Olympics. When we think we that, watch soccer, that we yeah, win, we, we think we're the, the, yeah yeah women's women's soccer. We're watching that because we're gonna win the gold. But we're 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 spoiled brats. We take our ball and go home. <laughs> we're not going to be competitive in soccer until we we actually want to be good. But the rest of the world, they look at our sports like, what is this? What is this? Football is. When I'm around certain people, I I have to remember, I say American football. Yeah. Football is soccer. Right. In the rest of the world. Right. No, just that alone. It's like well, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. You only use your foot with the ball in American football. Once, certain for for punts, <laughs> kicks, and field goals, it should be called tackle ball. <laughs> it should not be called football. I don't know why it's called football. And as a matter of fact, you're right. Like for soccer, you cannot touch the. It is illegal <laughs> to touch the ball with your hand. The whole game is played with your foot. Hence why, as the name it has, but that's us. You know, we we always you know want to take something and switch it around. But yeah, uh, I'm a huge soccer fan. Like in the last last two three years. So I, I watch, I consume more soccer than any other sport. That's good. That's good. And so that's why so I say I love sports. Like, imagine me a kid from Southeast D.C., you know, um, playing basketball, growing up around basketball, and then I end up, you know, to the point where I traveled to Europe to go to soccer matches in 2018, playing that's on good. doing that. That's good. Almost annually. I love soccer. Going, anybody listen to this, uh, and you included, French, if you ever go to Europe, go during soccer season and go to a game playing Wherever major city you want to go to, you want to go to Paris, you want to go to London, you want to go to Rome, you want to go to uh, Barcelona, you want to go anywhere. Playing around 
going to a Premier League game. So when I say Premier League, every country. So because uh, I don't want to ramble about soccer, but no, I'll say can, this. But, like, but it, 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 it's so good. And it, that's why I didn't stop you, because you, you hit on so many points. The first thing, and I'll let's get back to it. But the first thing is, you know, first, you, you, you probably gut checked a couple of people on why they're actually enjoying sports. Right. In regards yeah, to following yeah. a player versus the other. But the other piece about American exceptionalism, I think, is the is is the same reason that people become fanatic about their players teams. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. it's this feeling that I want to be connected to somebody that's winning. Right. Yeah. That I can't I can't deal with, you know, being around somebody that is not winning. Therefore, you know, I am going to be fanatic about it and go there. And again, that's why people view it as a vice versus somebody understanding the appreciation of the sport. And I think it's great that you pivoted to to soccer because there are passions about soccer when you go anywhere else in the world, right? People are extremely passionate about it, Un but, but, they, are, but they are passionate about their team, like to the point that when, well, I forgot which team said that they were going to get out of the Premier League, right? It was like Real Madrid. It was. Oh, um, oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super League, right? That essentially mm -hmm. the, the countries were like, yep. forget you. You will not be able to do any of this type yep. of stuff because it's about yep. the game. It's about the purity of the sport, not about one team over the other, not about one player over the other and saying, we're going to, like you said, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Right. It is about the purity of the game and what it means versus the money that somebody thinks that they're going to get by creating their own league. Right, right, right. So, so perfect way to say it. So, um, what I was saying about the premier league, right. So, so, and this falls into that, um, in this country, we have the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, um, NHL, right? Um, the four big leagues. Mm -hmm. The NBA is now we have it's called the G League now, but the developmental league. They created that a couple years ago as developmental league. You know, it's like kind of like a minor league similar to baseball. Um, the closest thing to soccer that we have in this country, the way it's set up overseas, is a mixture of college football and baseball. Mm. College football is the only thing that has a passion similar. People say, like, oh, pro teams have a lot. They do. They do have a lot of passion for pro teams. Um, however, pro teams do have the option to move. Mm. College sports do not. That's you good. can't move Louisiana State University. <laughs> That's good. You can't move University of Maryland. Like, you can move it maybe out of College Park to, say, Frederick, <laughs> but you can't move it to Virginia. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or else it's not the University of Maryland. So it's stuck. All these professional soccer teams are stuck. They can't move. So you grow up in that place. That's your team. Yeah. It's a part of who you are, right? Like that's how Seattle felt about the Sonics before they the team moved yeah. to Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. Or or uh the Baltimore Colts before they moved to Indianapolis. Right. That's one thing that 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 they don't have. Teams don't move. Yep. So that's yeah. similar to college football. But baseball, as far as the infrastructure, class A Class AA, Class AAA, then Major League Baseball is generally how minor leagues work. But imagine if, excuse me, imagine if right now Major League Baseball, the team that wins the AAA championship gets moved up to the Major Leagues. <laughs> and the worst team in the Major League Baseball gets moved down to AAA. Yeah. You imagine how different that would be for, for baseball? Right. Right, like the so Tampa Bay Devil Rays have a horrible year there. 22 and 160, <laughs> again, 160. 
I think that's that many. Yeah, right. Like I think it's 162 games. So 22 and, and 140. Then they would move down to 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 and then Scranton Red Bulls <laughs> would move up to Major League Baseball. That's how soccer works. The worst team, the Premier League, Premier League, yeah, Premier League team, um, is the top league. But there are other leagues in these countries. So every year, the worst team in the top league, up to it's like one to three, get relegated and move down to the second tier league. The worst team in the second tier league gets moved down to the third tier league and, and so on and so on. So every game matters. Every goal matters. That's part of the reason why passion in soccer is so much. They're never moving. That's and good. also they go by goal difference. They go by away goals in certain certain tournaments. It's very much about um, every single thing matters. And that attention to detail is what makes their consumption of soccer different than our consumption of our sport. That's good. That's good. On a professional level. So you, you've already gut checked a whole bunch of people on why they believe <laughs> on their sports habits and vices and things along those lines. If there was one thing, you know, <clears throat> you're at brunch, you're, you're, you're famous for your brunches. You're at brunch. You're talking to a young lady who's like, I just don't get it. What what is it about sports? What's your what's your last, you know, 15 second, 30 second thing to say why why Scoop, you know, loves sports and and why somebody if they aren't a fan of it should take an extra look and and appreciate uh, the uh, the idea and the skill, the the um, the beauty of sports. What would you say It's <clears throat> On one end, I would want, I would want to say like, uh, I want to give, I'm, I'm gonna give an answer, but there's a part of me that wants to say, well, all right, well, you just don't get it, right? Because <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's just like it's I don't understand people that yeah. don't love music. Like, yeah. how do you not like good music? I'm not talking about when I ask you your favorite rapper and you say like, you know, Drake. Now, I'm not saying Drake can't be your favorite rapper, but if you don't. If you haven't analyzed rappers and came <laughs> to the conclusion that Drake is your favorite, so the same way I think about people that like their drink. What's your favorite liquor? I like I like Hennessy. I like Jack. Why? Because you've tasted other cognacs, other whiskeys, and you've determined that Hennessy is your favorite, mm. or just like you, it's been marketed to you, so you take it, and that's the only thing you drink because Ooh. that's the cool thing to drink. <laughs> right. So that that's the difference when I when I talk about people's interests. Like so, it's like sports to me is 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 like art. That's good. You know, I analyze. I, I, it's, it's very much uh, something I take a, a high intellectual interest in. It's not just the bruteness of the sport, of the game. It's it's uh, it's everything around it. And so I would say if a woman told me that, and I mean, and God, there's some, I don't know who these guys are. There are people out there that don't <laughs> like sports, right? And I look at them like, huh? Like, you don't like a single sport? You know, you, and I'm not saying you got to be a jock or nothing. Just like you don't appreciate basketball and you have you know male male genitalia like i just i just don't know what to say bro like i don't i don't get it i don't understand now i don't have to be a fanatic like me right i don't but but, but you have an appreciation a, for it appreciation for That's it like good. oh That's you're good. watching the super bowl why would i do that like it's 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 also it's um man there's so many positives in my life that come from sports That's good. you know um That's good. That's good. culture you know i told my friends this and this might like in some way, I mean, before I, I've been boycotting the NFL uh, since Colin, Colin Kaepernick yeah. knelt, uh, kneeled, and um, but prior to that, I've really said that like passing on my cultural competency of the Washington Football Team is bigger to me than 
probably anything else in my life if I was passed down to my child. That's Besides, cool. like, like, like money and, and you yeah. know, hopefully that they have some some financial. But I'm talking about like a piece of me, man. I cannot tell you like what my life would be like if I wasn't raised a fan of the Washington football team. That's like, cool. there's so many family memories I have of bonding with the rest of my family over over NFL game on Sunday, man. Like quality time spent in front of a television or going to RFK and feeling the, the, yeah. the actual bleachers shake yeah. and, you know, um, reconnecting with people you grew up with because y'all are in the, in the parking lot together or um, it's not just about the field. Like, that's uh, it's so funny, man. And even in jobs, when it comes to jobs and sports, in basketball, there are 12 guys on a basketball team. There are over 100 people that work for that franchise. Mm-hmm. That's sports. You're watching certain people play, but all the other things that come along with this to make it happen is, is really like the story behind it. Like you know, that's good. Uh, that's good. Yeah, you that's know, good. that's the thing. So it's more, it's bigger. Sports is a microcosm of life. The best way I just say is just microcosm of life, and and I like to see people progress. I think that there's so much passion about uh, what this stuff represents for me, for my teams. Um, it's it's home because this is just like DC. Um, it's home to me. Um, Sports is my intro- you. Yeah, yeah, and my introduction to my individual teams, that was my first home. I haven't swayed since I've, I've been introduced. If if uh, I turn on Indian uh, Sports Channel right now and found a sick cricket squad, I'd probably root for them in cricket too because it's the first <laughs> team that I saw. Like, I love, like, that's that's me. I'm a, I'm a loyalist in that sense. And so that's what, for me, has been just, it's character building and, and it's entertaining in some aspects, but it's more entertaining from the cultural side of, of the wave and, and, and uh, you know, the smell of a grill or the tailgate or, or, uh, or beer or, or yeah. um, just, you it, it, it's, it's you, you, you've, you've wrapped this so well, right. For people to, to understand it. And again, it's the, from the purity perspective versus just what is being sold to you. And I, and right. I hope that as people have listened to it and understood your passion, that one, that there are a lot more people like you out here that are appreciative and connoisseurs of of it versus consumers, right? And right. uh and, and that's that's really you you kick this thing off right. That's really what we want to be about in regards to what this Vice City series is about is the appreciation of of whatever you are indulging in. There there's a there's a appreciation of the the purity of it versus just the consumption and that's that's what's up man i I appreciate you taking the time today man of course man i mean look love talking to you uh in general and sports is something that um i said i love and there's just so many different aspects to it that i wish people appreciated more than checking to see how much someone got paid to play the game (laughs) um you know like That's right. You know, it, yeah. And I want to I want to end this with saying, like, even uh, you talked about like a, a job. Um, there's an aspect of sports that is very much like a basic team mindset, you know, where it's like uh, I'm with these guys. I'm trying to win. Right. But then there's also you listen to, to athletes talk about the fact that they don't want to switch teams because of the comfortability of their own children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And knowing athletes to know, like, oh, yeah, he does have a two year old. Like he wants their child to be close to home. And he's actually from like hundred miles away. Like people don't think about athletes as being like human beings and, and picking jobs based on what benefits them personally, um, as well as their families. And then also the pursuit of trying to actually win on the field 
of, of their field of choice um, and what's better for that career. Mm. Like, you know, and, and I look at, I'll, I'll also end with this is that, you know, people talk about Kevin Durant a lot leaving Golden State. Well, not leaving Golden State, I'm sorry, leaving OKC to Golden Golden State. And I look at the fact that um, not only do I have friends that have gone mm. from, say, Adidas mm. to Nike or Pepsi to Coke working in marketing or something and no one bats an eye. But in that context, it's like they didn't have an established rivalry. This right. happened to be that the team that, that he lost to, and it was a bad loss. It was a 3-1. They were down 3-1 in the series. Happened to be the team that he wanted to go to was a team he had just recently lost to. But you talk about can't beat them and join them. They never beat them before. They ever played them before in the playoffs. Right. So it's just like people want and people put so much stuff of their own onto these athletes like they're not human beings. And 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 when they do see you out in public and say F you or just give you a cold shoulder, it's because it may not be you. It might be the thousands of tweets that have been sent to them, to them. talking Why? about how they're, they're a snake. Like Kevin Durant especially, they be talking about a snake and stuff and his championships don't count. They all count, man. You, do you even know what it was like playing with against the Celtics in the 60s or, or, <laughs> or the fact that the free agency wasn't as available? So like a lot of the teams you consider to be loyal were like in these these – uh, ironclad contracts we couldn't leave. Right. Right. That's not loyalty. That was that was indentured servitude. So like don't don't romanticize how such and such played 15 years for the same team when he could not leave. Mm. Compared to someone who now has the ability to go where he wants. Go wherever you want. Especially as black man. Go and be free. Go to any team. <laughs> I don't I don't care where you go. Hey, you know, kill wherever you go. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> It's this. Don't make this about you. Right. That's the best way with sports fans out there listening. You know, some things like don't make this all about you. There are some things that are that could be grimy. You know, where they are doing stuff to say, like, F the team I was on and I'm leaving versus, you know, what might be best for them. And and also, you don't know what it's like to deal with that front office and all those type of things. You saw with the last dance and Jerry Krause, how he really, really ruined Chicago Bulls franchise. While they were on top, like you never know all this stuff behind the scenes. So just give some of these athletes more, more credit um, as being humans and, and not just these infallible people that make a lot of money because they, 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 uh, they millionaires that they have tougher skin, or they can cry in bed because they have you know thousand, thousand thread Egyptian cotton <laughs> because they make fifty million dollars a year right. bouncing the basketball. Like they're still humans. They. And I think that that's also the level of confidence that you should have. Like, they ain't no different. They just they just get paid to do something that garners way more money than most of do. our industries. Yeah. So so don't mean they're better. Don't mean they're worse. I mean, I'm not LeBron ain't better than me as a person. I'm not better than him as a person. Just we're different people. Yeah. So don't compare them. That's another part of it, though. <laughs> you know? So if somebody wants to get in touch, <clears throat> right, to talk more about it, to understand, to to have an appreciation. How how did they get in touch with you to be able to connect? Uh, Instagram is my favorite app. Okay. Um, so my Instagram name is Worldwide Scoop at Worldwide Scoop. Um, yeah, and so um, you can DM me or um, follow me. Uh, just don't judge the foolishness that I post. <laughs> <on the page. laughs> yeah, we gonna get on that one of these days, man. Yeah. I appreciate you for taking the time today and and getting on the podcast and sharing your passion. And educating us on on uh, what it really means to be in uh, a connoisseur of, of sports and goes from there. And I hope that each and every one of you all have enjoyed today's podcast and uh, have have checked yourself on your 
either your fandom or your uh, your evaluation, your judgment of fans and the way that they appreciate the sports and, and things that they go through. So thank you all for tuning in today and make sure that you all stay tuned. Please, like I said, like, share, subscribe, rate, review, uh, share with those that are around. And we would love for you all to uh, to continue to listen and uh, be staying tuned for our next episode of Vice City on the Fine and Gentry podcast. We'll see you all after a while.